Venting your feelings can actually be healthy and helpful. However, it does not always work that way. Sweeping your emotions under your carpet is not healthy in our personal or professional lives, but neither is the opposite extreme of oversharing and venting your feelings. Where is the balance? In this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, our guest will share six guardrails to help you, your team, and your organization vent in a healthy manner. Welcome. I'm glad you've tuned in to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Each week, we publish a new episode of a fresh ministry idea or an innovative ministry approach. I'm Dennis Weens, your host here at Sat7 USA, a senior impact catalyst for the ministry. My guest is Ben Shapley. For over 20 years, Ben has been working in pastoring, preaching, speaking, videography, photography, and blogging. He also speaks and consults churches on leadership, communication, and creativity. So, Ben, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Dennis, thanks so much for having me. Excited to share with your guests and also excited to learn from you. I always look for these as opportunities as a two-way conversation. So I'm excited to hear your venting best practices as well. Well, we're in a lot of committees and, you know, it's so easy to think of venting as negative, but uh, in your blog that I read, uh, venting is actually healthy. And so we want to talk about that. Uh, You've been working on church committees, helping churches, been on staff uh, for decades. You've been in a lot of committee meetings. And uh, mm-hmm. you've learned a lot from that. Yes. Are you say, are you suggesting that some committee meetings have a degree of venting? Is that what you're suggesting right now, Dennis? Is that? I, I think that's happening. It is happening. For our listeners, they are probably nodding their heads right now. They're not saying a little is happening. They're saying a lot is happening. And when it comes to that venting, I think we've all seen the extremes, right? The two extremes. One extreme, somebody doesn't vent at all. And they just, they get frustrated, frustrated, and then they they eventually leave the committee because they never got a chance to voice some of their frustrations that they're experiencing, that they're feeling, that they're thinking. And then on the other side, which we probably see a little too more too often, is somebody vents all the time. And right. every micro uh, aggression against them is brought up and there's no filter in terms of what they bring up towards everybody. And there's they need to minimize that degree of venting. They need to put a gap on it. And so I, I, for me, I'm looking forward to this conversation, to helping people on both ends of the extreme, the people who don't vent to do a little more so because it can be healthy. And then the people who are doing it too much, how to put some guardrails, like you said, on it to make it healthy as well. You think of venting as a lot of people are venting because their feelings have been hurt, they're not on the same perspective as somebody else on the committee, and they start venting, and pretty soon it's just out of control, and they leave the committee, as you said, but they really, if we can control the venting or do it in an appropriate and a positive way, mm-hmm. we can still keep them on the committees, and their contributions are valued. So let's let's start by defining what is what is healthy venting look like on a church committee. It's bringing up your tensions. Short answer is bringing up your tensions in a manner that helps resolve them and move it to a positive perspective. And so that so venting could take a, a form a number of different forms, but if they at that ultimate outcome is getting to a healthier place, then th- then that's how you do it in a healthy manner. So a couple of quick like ways I would describe that and encourage our listeners to think that through is it, it, you're bringing up the committee, which is a great environment, but this venting should can happen 
in a lot of different work environments, not just in committee meetings, but committee meetings is a good place to take place. The one would be if you're if you're in that meeting, use the old adage is uh, try to do as much as possible to to praise publicly and critique privately. So if you got a if you got something to vent, don't do it in front of everybody. It's probably right. a good way to handle that. Now, the caveat I give towards that is there's sometimes where you need to raise up an area of concern, but then sidebar it. So maybe you're talking about a subject. Maybe you want to do uh, an expansion on your building and everyone's in favor of it, but you're not in favor of it because you know it's going to double your workload, but you have not been given double time to get it done. So you need to raise that up with your supervisor but then maybe sidebar that conversation. So if that came up and yeah, we're all in favor of this building expansion, yes, we all are. It's not healthy for you to say, whoa, 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 I'm not because of X, Y, and Z and to go on a tirade against it. But it would be healthy for you to say, I'm actually, I have some reservations about this. And I would love to talk with my supervisor, Jane, about this afterwards, because actually I see it, the mission moving forward through it, but I don't know how I can accomplish it with my current bandwidth. So Jane, can we talk about this after the meeting? So what you've done right there is you've you've raised the fact that you have a tension with what's mm -hmm. happening right now, but you're also limiting the scope to a private conversation afterwards. Just like a really healthy way to vent, not to ignore the problem, but not to bring it in front of everybody who doesn't need to see it. That's very good advice. And, you know, we put this in the context of a committee meeting, but this happens, you vent with a group of friends over coffee, uh, feelings get hurt, or you misunderstood something in a different conversation, and you bring your venting to a new conversation. So this happens all the time on uh, many different levels. Let's uh, go to your six uh, guardrails that uh, are helpful. And then we want to expand it mm -hmm. to learn how, if we're in a situation you already talked about a little bit, how can we help learn you know, ourselves how to recognize where a conversation is going a little too far and it becomes unhealthy venting mm. rather than just sharing your perspective, maybe some guidelines on that. But let's go to your six guardrails that you've identified that uh, help in this area of venting in a healthy manner. Yeah, I'll list the six and then I'll unpack them a little bit. First of all, one, venting up is healthy. Uh, two, vent up. Three, continue venting up. Four, don't vent sideways. Five, never vent down. And six, protect your spouse. Um, so those are the six. Let me unpack them a little bit. The first one, venting is healthy. So we've already talked about that. We all right. experience a degree of frustration in our environments. No one works in a perfect church or perfect organization. You're going to have something to vent. Realize that you expressing that is healthy. So don't see it as, you know, sometimes Christians, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not to, I'm not to complain. I'm not to gossip. I'm not, I'm not to, to backbite. And we think that sometimes we can never express anything negative. I don't think that's healthy. We're supposed to bring our grievances and our concerns to our fellow brothers and sisters. And everybody's yeah. perspective is valuable. We want to learn it, but sometimes we express our, uh, uh, our perspective in an unhealthy way. And so I think maybe mm -hmm. that's a caution but uh, people should realize that we're not saying your your perspective isn't valuable. It is. Mm -hmm. It's just the mm -hmm. way you share it. Maybe. Very good. Yeah, yeah. And we could we could rabbit trail forever here, Dennis. But the one thing I I know some Christians were raised with a warm theology, like oh woe is me, I, I'm undone, and which is true. But there's also a sanctification process that I'm I stand before God. In the image of Christ, and 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 fully seen as redeemed and perfect, and so there's there's a yin and a yang there, and so sometimes we have a worm theology, or sometimes in our workplace environments we have a doormat 
theology. You know, I'm supposed to consider someone's needs better than myself. And because of that, I'm never going to express concerns. So again, it's critical for us to start with this first point of venting can be healthy to do, because I think from a, even from a theological standpoint, some Christians struggle with that. And they're like, no, 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 I should never vent. So that's the first thing. The second thing is vent up. Um, when venting happens, if you're going to, I'm using my hands to talk right now, our listeners can't see that, but my hands are wildly gesturing is venting should always go up in the organization. It should always go towards your supervisor. So when you're thinking about venting, just realize directionally where it should go. It should go up. And then I tell people, you know, that's the second one. The third one is continue venting. So in other words, if you bring a frustration to your supervisor and it doesn't, um, happen, don't just leave it there bring it up multiple times. Now, if you you brought up a problem um, on Monday, don't bring it back up on Tuesday. Give them some chance and some time to resolve that. But if it hasn't been resolved, come back at them next month, next quarter. Hey, we, we, we I, I brought up to you my salary. It We have not had a, a pay increase for the past three years. Well, inflation keeps going through the roof. We need to talk about this. Bring it back up to them again and again. And if you brought your frustration up to your, your your appropriate frustration up to your supervisor multiple times uh, over a long period of time. And if they have not been able to solve it, then it would be appropriate to say, Hey, I brought it to you. It seems like we've hit a roadblock and haven't been able to solve it. Can we bring in your supervisor to solve this? So at some point there Mm -hmm. may need to be the supervisor's supervisor to be brought into the conversation to be solved. Now that's a bit of a trump card. So do not play it first, <laughs> bring right. it to your supervisor first, bring it to them repeatedly, give them a season to solve it. And if that doesn't happen, then you can bring in the supervisor. Now for myself, I can think through my career, my 20 years of work in church ministry, I can think of two times that I've done that in 20 years. So again, not a trump card I am playing very often, um, but you realize it may need to be played because here's the thing, sometimes sometimes there are supervisors who are not doing a great job and at some point they need they need help and maybe their supervisor needs to step into the, the conversation so venting is healthy vent up to three continue venting up four don't vent sideways so again if we're looking at an org chart vent up to your supervisor not sideways to your peers not to your co-workers that would not be healthy which goes to my next one is Number five, never vent down. In a nonprofit, in a church, that would be your volunteers. That, for me, is grounds for dismissal. If you are bringing your frustrations, not to your supervisor and not to, and definitely not to your coworkers, but you are now voicing them to your volunteer base, there is nothing that will bring a toxic environment in a workplace faster than that. So for me, I'd say, hey, if we, if we hear about that and if we're not able to stop that ASAP, this can be grounds for dismissal. That's how important it is. That's how important our culture is to protect. And that's mm-hmm. how toxic it gets when you vent down. And then the last point six, protect your spouse. The reason I say this is I've had a, I've been married for tw- uh, for 20 years, been in ministry for 20 years. And it's different when I, when we first started working, I was a television, when we, f- when we were first married, I was working for a television station as a producer and a reporter, and I was able to bring in my baggage from that and talk about my boss, and that did not negatively impact my wife's spiritual home. But when I started working for a church and I started bringing in my work frustrations and now dovetailed and leaked into 
her perception and her experience of a spiritual home. And so I quickly realized for a couple of years into ministry, I need to safeguard that for my spouse. And I can't bring in the same degree of frustrations I had in my secular job into my sacred job. And I need to stop sharing some of what I used to share. So there's there's a degree of if you are married and if you are in ministry, you can't you cannot treat it like a normal job. If you do, it will compromise their spiritual home and you need to safeguard that for for yourself, for your spouse for yourself and for your spouse. Very good. And I appreciate that perspective um, to uh, use these guardrails. But say you get into a meeting and there is venting down. What should a person do? How, how do you approach that to make sure it doesn't go toxic in the organization? So what are some uh, tips that you can we can use to prevent toxicity when the venting goes down rather than goes up? One is to just to keep your radars up for it as a leader, as someone who's facilitating that conversation, if you're managing that, or even if you're participating in it, and it's just to put a quick pause on that. There's been multiple times where I've been leading a meeting and some of that starts to bubble up. And again, there's a healthy degree and there's an unhealthy degree. And part of that is you're, you're, you're trying to figure out and be sensitive to when it kind of crosses that line right. and you're trying to feel at the moment. Um, but when it does, I... I will say, hey, that's that's again, that's a great point. Thank you for validating their frustration, but then sidebarring it. Probably one of my favorite words in a meeting is sidebar. That isn't necessarily a conversation for all of us. So I express I'm grateful that you brought it up, but I want you to continue it, not here, but over there after the meeting. So please do that and then report back to us how 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 it was solved. Um, most of us, we have a hard time bringing handling difficult news or or criticism even more so in a public environment. So minimize that frust- minimize that difficulty for people and say, hey, have that as a one-on-one afterwards and go from there. So as a, as a supervisor, as a manager, as a leader, when you are leading those meetings, you need to have your antennas up to listen for that and see when it crosses the line and then to shift it over and to lead that meeting by saying that's not the appropriate thing right now, do it afterwards. But even, even as a participant, you can do that as well. Maybe you're receiving the criticism. Hey, thanks. Can we talk about this afterwards? Um, and so th- there's multiple w- people who can who can help sidebar that conversation. And then the other thing I'd encourage in terms of meeting culture, committee culture, um, health towards that as a leader, lead by example and express and demonstrate when you have sidestepped. What I mean by this is I have an example and I'm not going to pull in the people who are in relationship to it, but I clearly remember about 10 years ago, I was in a meeting and my venting went above and beyond and it crossed that threshold from health to unhealth. And it was in front of a room full of people. And I was targeting one person in particular. And afterwards the spirit convicted me. And I was like, man, I, I stepped out of line. And I went to them and I apologized. And it was like, I, what I was saying was inappropriate. I was not treating you with the dignity that God has given you. Would you uh, forgive me? And we worked it out and it was beautiful. And I was like, that's great. And then, and then the Holy Spirit convicted me again. The Holy Spirit was like, hey man, I'm glad you worked it out with that person on the side, but guess what? Everyone saw you verbally talk down to them. You, everyone saw you, you bring them down. Everyone needs to see you bring them back up. And so in the next meeting, before we started, hey, really quick, I just want to let everybody know what I did last time was inappropriate. Me and this person got a chance to talk it through. I apologize. They forgave me. I'm not bringing you into the details of that description Mm -hmm. other than for you to know what I did was not right. And it has been resolved because, and you need to know that because you saw it. You saw the problem. You need to be aware that the solution has happened. Again, 
We're not doing that song and dance in front of all of you. That would not be appropriate, but you need to know what happened. And that reset the culture so quickly by them seeing that their leader was able to acknowledge that in front of everyone that they, they vented in an unhealthy manner and that they resolved it. So for the leaders who are out there who are saying, I've messed up, or I, I feel like I chronically mess up, reset the culture by talking to your staff and letting them know that you, that you did mess up and then it has been resolved. That will, that will help them. And it also help you to keep you accountable by you saying that's inappropriate and I'm holding myself accountable. And by default, I'm giving more people permission to hold me accountable when I cross that imaginary line from unhealth to, from health to unhealth when right. it comes to venting. That's a great example. I think a lot of people, maybe leaders, uh, end up venting uh, frustration or their perspective, or they get into these kind of default uh, situations that are unhealthy and expressing themselves. And so it's great to have the maturity to go back and correct it. But as you said, you corrected it with that individual, but you needed to correct it with everybody that heard it and saw it, observed it. And so that's a great example, a great lesson, a learning lesson for all of our podcast listeners. You know, I think venting in a negative, unhealthy way, it's almost like a default for so many people. What can you do, and you've already alluded to it some, what can an individual do in a room of people where venting starts, or even in a conversation with four or five people? uh, You see venting, what's some advice for people that recognize it, and maybe how, how do they step in and and kind of turn it uh, into a learning experience? Great question. For myself, I imagine that the person's in the room with us. So if we're venting about somebody who's not there, would I talk about them in the same manner that I would with them here? And it's not like if they were here, it's not like, you know, I wouldn't talk about them and what happened, but the way in which I talk about them is completely different if I imagine them in the room with me. It, it treats them with honor, it treats them with dignity, it treats them with truth, it treats them all the ways in which Christ would treat them. Right. Um, it doesn't pretend that they're, that the problem doesn't exist and we're going to ignore it. Hey, you know, Jane, we, we dropped the ball here. There was a gap. How do we fix this um, this problem? So talk about them as though they are in the room and then to the same degree as other people are talking about somebody, that helps me as well. When I'm in a conversation one-on-one with about somebody else and they're talking about somebody else, the first thing I say, you know, and it feels like we're moving to the unhealthy way as right. they vent, I say, is could you talk about them as though they're with us? Speak about them and they're, you know, imagine they're with us. So I encourage them to that model as well. And it quickly resets them to thinking, how do I treat them with dignity while addressing the issue and not not ignoring it? So those are some quick ways that I I keep my antennas up for my own self and then try to lead other people to that degree, uh, to that end as well. That's great advice. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And I read about this uh, blog post about venting in a health, healthy way and it intrigued me. And I've learned a lot myself. Uh, you do a blog, you address many different topics. How can our podcast listeners read more about your blog? That is, they can go to benstapley.com slash blog. They can find out more information there. I'd love to them. I'd love for them to check that out and find out more great resources. And I'll put that in the podcast notes. So so you have a hyperlink to his uh, blog platform. So Ben, this has been intriguing. And I encourage our podcast listeners to think about uh, your venting and turn it into something healthy, not uh, vent down as Ben has reminded us, uh, uh, keep the conversations healthy, express your opinion. It's value. It's valuable. It's needed. 
but just be careful that it doesn't go sideways or go down. Again, Ben, thank you for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thanks for having me, Dennis. This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends and leave a comment. Sat7 is a Middle East and North Africa broadcast media ministry making God's love visible and the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. Sat7 USA has resources in helping you honor God while protecting your family. You can avoid another regret, which is the failure of not creating an estate plan. Through a partnership with Financial Planning Ministry, Sat7 USA provides Christian experts to assist you in preparing your will or trust, all at no financial cost to you. Visit www.sat7usa.org and click on the tab Planned Giving for more information. Sat7 simplifies the process and makes it easy for you so that your family and friends don't have to bear the burden and regret of your failure to create an estate plan. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.